Welcome to this new life podcast. It is our desire that you learn all of the benefits of the abundant life that you have in Jesus Christ, so you can live your life to its fullest. Listen and be encouraged. Well, the word that has been the word for the last few weeks is on revival. So I want to share with you about revival. What we just did, this praise team, you guys are just great and thank you. This is revival. So, Father, as I speak the word about revival, may all hearts be open. What is revival and when and where does it happen? Revival is an awakening, a restoring, a reviving, a bringing back to life, a refreshing. Oftentimes when we think about revival, we see the outpourings of God and the the reign of God and the latter reign, and, and truly that is revival, yes. Verses like this come to mind when we speak about revival. Isaiah 64 Verses one through four. Oh, that you would rend the heavens, O Lord, and that you would come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence. As when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make known your name to your adversaries and that the nations might tremble at your presence. Ooh, that gets us excited and that's revival. When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. That's exciting to us. Revival, outpouring. Or in Acts 2. Know this, that it was spoken by the prophet Joel, verses 17 and 18, that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, all people. That's revival. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. We love those verses and it lets us know how big and grand and glorious God is. Ephesians 4.10, he who descended is Himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. In Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth will be filled. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's revival to us. And it is true. That is revival. But that is an outpouring, a sovereign outpouring of God. And this is the word we love and we declare this word. Well, the definition of revival says to restore to life, regain life or strength, to revive. Revival has many forms and flows. Like any outpourings from God, it moves And sinners meet Christ. And when the saints of God seek him once again, they too have a refreshing. That is revival. When and where does revival happen? It happens in the heart when we worship. It happens when we pray, 
when we grieve, yet we do grieve with hope and grace upon us. Revival happens when in a terrible situation we cry out to God or when we have loss of some kind and we come to God. Revival happens when we walk with him, when we wait upon him, when we hear Jesus. Revival happens. Revival happens when sin's consequences come knocking at the door and we pray for help from the Lord once again. Revival happens when we repent and confess our sins, sins we have hidden, sins we didn't think mattered. But God brings them to surface for one purpose, to ask for forgiveness so he can remove shame. That is revival. Revival happens in our hearts first. First, for us believers who know the Lord, revival so often is an inward awakening, then an outward flow of his glory. So I say to you this day, arise, children of God. Let God speak to you. Hear the Holy Spirit. Let the Lord revive you who have fallen away, who have feared so that you don't even read the scriptures or trust in the Lord anymore. May the spirit of the Lord revive you. I speak over you Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people but the Lord will arise over you. That is revival. And his glory will be seen upon you. That is revival. The Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Oh, precious people of God. Isaiah 40, verse 28 through 31 says, have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Glory to him. He gives power to the faint. Is that you? He gives you power. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. The word revival is not found in the New Testament. Neither Jesus nor Paul or any other biblical writer encouraged prayer for revival specifically. But even still, the concept, the reality and heart cry of revival and of spiritual awakenings and encounters are all through the Bible and they are on every page of the Holy Word of God. Revival is seen in Christ coming to us. Revival is seen in glorious encounters he had with so many, and it is written for our encouragement and doctrine. Revival is seen when angels deliver messages and protect us. Revival is the stirrings of visions and prophetic dreams and the workings of the Holy Spirit. This is too. Revival. Revival is God visiting his people. And God visits us 
in glorious ways every day, but his spirit lives in us, so we are always in a state of revival. Hallelujah. So in a sense, revival meaning to restore to life, all humans need to be revived one way or the other, by being born again or in renewed dedication to Christ, waking up and walking with him. So we want revival in our own personal walk, life. I asked before I came up here, I asked somebody, what do you do when you sin? What's your conversation like with God? And the person said, well, I confess my sin. I say, God, I'm sorry. That's as simple as it is. If, if you sin and you feel distant from God, you spark a conversation with humility. And you say, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry for my arrogance, for my pride. Revival starts and finishes always with seeking God and humility. The doctrine of repentance for the sinner and the saint, or the doctrine of confessing our sins. Actually, when I got saved, I never thought of sin. I just confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. Although if you cry out, and beat your breast and say, God, I've been a wicked person. Amen to that too. So we come to God with a humble heart needing him. So this message today is for you believers, for us leaders, for the prophets and apostles and pastors and teachers that we would have continually revival in our heart and in our life, seeking God, confessing our sin, our arrogance. Those are good prayers to pray. Proverbs 1.23 says, Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teaching. Repent at my rebuke. Turn away from and seek me. Turn away from that thing and seek me. James chapter 5, verse 16 and I could read from 13 on. It's just so beautiful. All the word of God is beautiful. But in, in this discussion and in this doctrine, he not only mentions what to do if you're suffering, pray. If you're cheerful, sing praise. Call the elders to pray for you. And so it's within this context. And after the prayer of faith will save the sick, it's, it's a beautiful context. And then in verse 16, therefore confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. It is a beautiful thing. Confession is a beautiful thing. Now, I'm not talking about in a confessional booth with a, with a priest. I'm talking about honesty before God where you receive his forgiveness and mercy, where you talk about your life before God without shame anymore. 
1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Church, I say to you, never forget. Repentance is good. Confessing your sin is good. Saying sorry is good. If you've wounded some, restitution is good. Walking in his grace is beautiful. Revival starts with us. How many times do we go before God and we just cry out for the nation? Yes, we cry out for our pastors to be good stewards and we cry out for our flock. Now I know there's a group of people and there's can debate it all day about 1 John 1, 9, who's it for? I don't care. For the sinner or the saint, confessing sin. <laughs> God cleanses and heals. You know, why am I going this route with revival? Because I believe it's so much easier to preach about the, the overflow and the outpourings of the Spirit in a prophetic timeline, and we don't judge our hearts. You know, I pastored here for 30 years almost. I have counseled so many people. Husbands that beat wives, repent. Wives who beat husbands, repent. Um, elders who steal the offerings, repent. It is amazing the sin that can be in the church. Repent. Come before the Lord, and we weep before the Lord, and it's glorious. It's glorious to say, God, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew in me a right spirit. Then I will teach transgressors the way. Lord, show me when I've been prideful. I'm so sorry. Lord, God, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. Revival happens in those moments of seeking God, crying out to God. Revival happened with the woman at the well when God in John 4, 16 said, go call your husband. She had a moment where she could have rejected, refused, and walked away. But she stood there and said, I have no husband. And Jesus then says you speak truthfully and you've had five other husbands and the one you're living one with is not your husband. That moment between the question, he said, go get your husband or the command, go get your husband. And then she had to wait. What am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with this moment that's so intrusive? I'm going to melt. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be honest. I have no husband. I believe verse 16 is the pivotal place of that entire story. All of us will have a verse 16 in our life for coming to Christ or as you're walking with the Lord when he speaks to you the truthful things we might be too busy to acknowledge. 
all through scripture, as we pray and walk with the Lord, he is continually reviving us. His word is cleansing us. His word is restoring us and healing us right now for always because God is in us. That work is the outworking and overflow of our salvation and of his grace and is, of course, a blessing from God. However dark the path is you might be on or however far a person has fallen in despair, saint or sinner, God will come to you when you call out to him. That is revival. That is revival, my friends. God will come to you. He is able to save you and deliver you. Yes, I want the glorious sovereign outpouring, but it starts with revival in your life, in your life, in your life. The Christ of God, the word who was from the beginning, who was with God and is God, Yeshua Jesus, will bring you life. Without Christ, our status is called spiritually dead. Then we believe in his son, Jesus. Born again, we are called alive. Alive spiritually, made pure, clean, and atoned for. We stand before God knowing we have been made righteous. But the truth is, even the saved fall into sorrow and despair. Even the saved sin and bring much destruction. I have counseled so many sad stories that ought not to be, but are. And I've seen the children grow up in this church from parents who were unfaithful or walked away. And they have wounded their children by their unfaithfulness or a husband walking away. And we cry out for mercy for all those situations that God would bring revival in the sons and daughters, the children who are products of a marriage and a family unit that was filled with violence. And these are Christians, Christian people. We expect it in the world, but revival must start in your home where a husband falls to his knees and weeps that he would dare raise his hand to his wife and children. Where is the weeping? I counseled a woman one time and she said, my husband, a born again man, brought a knife out and I said, my God. And if, sir, you're listening, you are loved, but nonetheless, repentance to cry out to God and say, Lord, why would I do such a vicious act? If the church, if the men of God pick up a knife to their wife, where is the revival? Where is the glory in your life? But, 
as a man would seek God and cry out, there will be an encounter with God. He can redeem that situation as bitterness and anger fill so many marriages. And we do our part with counseling and seminars, but it's so personal. It takes a person to bow before the Lord and say, Father, Father, I am broken. I love you, but I'm still so angry and mad and whatever the issue is, Lord, heal me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, restore me. Hallelujah. And then the overflow of that awakening that's happening in you becomes an outpouring, and that outpouring covers the earth with God's glory. Revival, it's awakening the people of God who have walked away from God. The unfaithful, the adulterer. I counsel women here all the time that husbands just up and left. Men that have said they are followers of Christ. And I weep for them and the family. So I say to all church leaders, may you humble yourselves, pastors and prophets and apostles and teachers. All the gifts of God, may we walk humble before the Lord in this day and hour and cry out for the flock and nations. Let the shepherds be found faithful and holy as they shepherd the flock of God. Let the ministry be a place to serve and seek God where his glory and power are the point of the service and are made evident. Not a place where we are dictators, certainly not. Where any of us are hungry for power, certainly not. But we are vessels of honor fit for the master's use. We are intercessors crying out for our flock, crying out for those wounded and abused that they will have an encounter with God. We seek God and find out his plan and his passion. Now, I have this written a few days ago. When I drove into church this morning, I saw a big banner, his plan, his passion. I thought, oh my gosh, you know, God has incredible plans. He's got a plan for you, for your family. He wants to restore you in your heart. He's got a plan for this church, you know, all of you in this glorious plan. July 26, we're having a service where we install Josel, Pastor Josel and Mylene and, as the lead pastors of Alabang. So do watch the service of July 26. Some people were shocked. Like, what's happening? Okay, what's happening? <clears throat> Wake up. <laughs> We've been talking about it for five years that Josel and Mylene, pastors Josel and Mylene, from the fort five years ago, they came here, and we have been in transition for five years. So this is part of revival. This is part of what God is doing. And so it should not shock you. Now, if it shocks you, you need to 
clean your ears, and then um, listen to videos from the last five years because we have been speaking about it. Now, Pastor Paul and I are not retiring, so we're not calling it a turnover service, but we are going back to the States for a few months, and Pastor Paul, as you know, is in surgery and had surgery and recovery, and so Jocelle and Mylene, this was always the plan, that they would become the lead pastors of new life. And that's part of revival is change. And when I'm speaking about pastors being good stewards, well, you're getting some of the most beautiful pastors I know. And they will steward the flock of God. And I say to all pastors, remember your church. If you have a flock, that is your priority. Your priority is the flock. Take care of them well. Priorities, priorities. Seek God and find out his plan and passion. That is revival. This awakening, this revival that we want, this outpouring is sovereign, and it is a sovereign orchestration of God. He determines much of it, but yet brings us into the moment in history as we seek him, as we cry out to him, as we are honest before him, it is amazing the miracle that waits for us to intercede. Let me quote John Piper here. God is the giver of life, and man as ever drifting toward lifelessness, what you get is the need for the hope of reviving, coming back to life, a fresh outpouring of God's life-giving spirit on his people. That is what revival is for. God is the decisive giver of all spiritual life. So ask for a fresh outpouring of his life-giving spirit. John Piper continues. So for example, we read a prayer to God in Psalms 85, 6. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Habakkuk 2, 3. Oh Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work, O oh Lord, do I fear? In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. And in your wrath, remember mercy. Psalms 80, verse 18, give us life and we will call upon your name. I dwell in the high and holy place, says the Lord, also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to, re to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. This is revival, end of quote. So we see revival starts in me. Yes, there is a glory and sovereign revival, and we all wait for, and we are part of. Revival can be local. Revival can be regional. It is deep. It is in families. It is in you right now. Revival 
is seen and the way and the path of revival is seen in every book of the Bible. I was going to read Ephesians and close with this, Ephesians chapter 5. Because everything about the Bible is so where there's revival in our lives. It's not just to impart good teaching. The good teaching is revival. Ephesians 5, 1 starts, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. I could stop right there. If you are imitating God as his beloved children, you will not slap your wife. That you can possess your vessel and be honorable and godly. And you cry out to God and say, Lord, this lust is overwhelming me. And you get help and you, you seek God and you find the joy of serving God and loving your family. If anything we need to preach, which everything we preach is revival in the family and love between husbands and wives and the children and to have peace in the home. Be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ has loved us and gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God, but sexual immorality and impurity and covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. You know, it's not politically correct anymore to talk about sin, but sin will destroy your life. So we talk about it because the Bible talks about it. We just don't have a bat in our hand and going to beat you up about it, but we're going to talk about it because as we present ourselves to God, then the flesh that fights so hard cannot win as I'm presenting my members to God. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead be filled with thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral and impure and who is covetous has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. I looked that up. Remember, he's speaking to believers here. That is his talking about you will always struggle with your identity and your authority when you battle back and forth, back and forth. Not the battle, but when you yield constantly and then walk away from God. Oh, dear brother and sister, come back to the Lord. And he will give you strength and he will give you courage And by the presence and power of God and the Holy Spirit, he will fight with you. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Praise God, that's not us. Therefore, do not become partakers with them. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are the light, our light in the Lord. Who you are, you are light in the Lord. That is revival when you know that revelation. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and true, right and true. 
and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Don't be afraid to expose them. Remember, exposing the unfruitful works of darkness, you're not being mean. You're being holy and sharing with God that this path only has destruction, but the path of the Lord has peace and no shame, has restoration and healing. For it is shameful even to speak of the things which are done in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, he says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Christ will shine on us. That is revival. And it goes on. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but wise, making the best of our time because the days are evil. We are wise and we are discerning. We are not haughty, but we are spiritually mature and wise. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting one to another in the reverence of God. Well, there you go. Submitting one to another in the reverence of God. That is revival. This is the time and the day of the intercessors. All of us are intercessors to pray and seek the Lord to cry out to God, to lay before him and cry out for the nations and our leaders and that we too, see, we are cleansed by the blood. But as humans who sin, what do you do when you sin? Say nothing to God? Just say, whew, I'm glad nobody saw that. No, we cry out to God. And we say, create in us a clean heart, O oh God. And renew in us a right spirit. Revival starts in you and me. As we seek the Lord. As we cry out to God. We are made pure and holy in his name. But if we've walked contrary to the gift of righteousness and redemption. We pray and we seek him. And miracles happen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that God's powerful word can bring a change in your situation and transform your life. So we encourage you to share this message to your family and friends so they too can know of the new life that God has for them. If you prayed to receive Jesus for the first time or was simply blessed by this message, we invite you to connect with us. Follow us on Facebook at newlife.ph, Instagram at newlife underscore ph, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, 
newlifemediaph. You can also email us at connect at newlife.ph. We will be so glad to hear from you. To support the ministry, please visit newlife.ph slash alabang slash give. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. God bless you.